Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, all. Hello. Um, I will be right back. <laughs> Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike and Russ will now discuss another sport with you. <laughs> uh, uh. Wow. Okay. Now, everybody turn off since we're not talking about hockey. Right. Um, now, everybody is focused, especially in Buffalo, especially – uh, in the sure. uh, in the tri-state area um, about the NFL draft, especially since, um, well, Cleveland's got the first pick, which means they'll just screw it up. Um, the Giants are picking second. The Jets are picking third. The Bills have two first-round picks but are supposedly going to really try to trade up into the top five or six. Um, I think they can accomplish that. But it's, it's all surrounded about the quarterbacks, and – Russ, I you know, hockey drafts, football drafts, basketball drafts, I can never remember a draft this chaotic where nobody knew, nobody had an idea what the number one was going to be. Yeah, this is very chaotic, and it's – I think there's a lot of misdirection mm -hmm. that Cleveland's doing on purpose, which is fine. And I think that's – I think they're just trying to be less predictable than they were in the past. Yeah. And that's fine. They're trying to create some fake drama. But, you know, with the Josh Allen stuff that came out. Yeah, and can, can, can we just say that what, you know, it, this came out a couple years ago with Laramie Tunsil, the offensive lineman who's now with, I believe, Miami. You know, somebody took a, took a, a phone video of him smoking a bong or, or, basically, or having a mask on. I mean, really, who, who this is the, look, here's the thing. At the end of the day, you have to know, and your parents should tell you, or your advisor should tell you, anything you put online, anything that you do with a phone, it can come back and haunt you. Yeah. And that's yeah. just a cautionary tale, and it just happens every year now for the NFL draft. Yeah, and this is, and this everybody. is everybody has to be really careful. Just, just yeah. uh, more than and anything, this, like even every email you send, everything, anything you put in writing, anywhere. Um, is going to be public. That's how I always look at it. Like I'll never and write then, an email. I'll never write an email that's that I don't think could eventually be public. That I would be okay. That I wouldn't survive. Right. And, and, and this is this is. Uh, I mean, this is going. But remember, remember Warren Sapp back in the day, uh, Ross. Oh, yeah. when, you know about the the rumors of him. You know, smoking smoking dope. Well, Dan Marino too. And Dan, well, Dan, you know, Dan Marino. It was cocaine. I mean, is like, no, no, I thought it was pop for Dan Marino. No, no, no. It was coke. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the joke in Buffalo was he because he remember because he sponsored his he his advertising was a isotoner gloves. Oh yeah. He said, now we know where he stores his coke. Okay. Yeah, but 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 it you know which is just just dig, a dig on Marino. Yeah. But yeah, really, it's like I mean, I I honestly I I, I mean. First of all, I don't know. I can't understand the NFL team. Most of these guys, you know, like do, Marcel Darius, the Bills' first overall pick, or first third overall pick a few years ago, you know, they basically traded him for nothing because the guy was, you know, getting high every five seconds and eating yeah. munch. So he ate himself into into oblivion and, and was, you know, so, so, I mean, like this is like really – 
a, uh, a, 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 a knocking down the stock of a player that they are smoking marijuana? I mean, if the, if the rumors are true, we never know if they're true as far as who might be going where. Like, you know, now right. we – we hear anybody could be going number one, including Baker Mayfield. But the end, the end of the day, if let's say Josh Allen's up on the board and the Jets are picking, you now have to think twice about putting a guy in the biggest media market because a that story is going to be big for a while. Yes, everybody will cover it and it will be a big distraction. And so now it will follow this kid for a while, fairly or not. Like that's but the, the weird, but but the weirdest thing about the and this will be the last thing. The weirdest thing about this draft class at least the top four is that every single one of them has a flaw and every yeah. single like the, the the one that has the least amount of flaws in terms of on the field and off the field is is supposedly darnold yeah. um but he has a but he has a, a, a kooky delivery or something like yeah. that, that that they think they can straighten out but rosen um, they think he, you know, there's been speculation even from his coach in college that he's a locker room cancer. You know, Mayfield's had concussions too, right? So he had a couple concussions. Mayfield has had some off the field problems, and now Allen is dropping. Sure? Yes, and Mayfield, man, that's the thing. If Mayfield goes to the Cleveland Browns, the same team that took uh, Johnny Manziel, and he's been compared to Johnny Manziel, you know what I'm saying? It's just it just feeds into the narrative. Give and me then, one minute, guys. Sorry, I got to call right back. Okay, and then and then uh, and then Alan now with these uh, you know suppose you know racial slurs and emails or text messages which were when he was what fifteen years old. Yeah, but it's still I mean you know that's if you're online it's a cautionary tale. End of the day though, I still think three quarterbacks go one two three. I'll, I'll be surprised if something like that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I'm 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 in the I'm in the the uh, the boat of I think the quarterback to Cleveland's going one. I think the Giants are taking either the running back Barkley from Penn State, or they may even either trade down or take the defensive guy uh, Chubb, and then quarterbacks will go three, probably three, well three, and then maybe five six. Um, because the Bills or one of the other teams are going to trade up, so you know they say Miami's interested in trading up and a few other teams as well. So it, it'll be interesting. All I know is that we'll probably be texting each other like crazy. I told you this guy was going to go. But I have to, I have to give a shout out here because um, you know I'm a pet lover, and there's somebody in the chat room, Evan T. Young, who um, his dog Zoe broke a nail and it turned out to be a cancerous tumor in her foot. Yeah. I saw, I saw that, I saw that because he, he commented on one of our, and that really sucks. I, I, I'm, I'm, so I'm hoping for the best for your dog because I understand that dogs are family members for me, yes. and they're like my kids. So I, I do hope the best for Zoe. Yeah, I've not, honestly, it's it's weird. It's weird. I love dogs. I've never had one because when I lived at home, the parents didn't want to take care of the dog, and then right. I, I've lived on my own. You know, somebody has to take care of the dog when I'm not there, and right, you're not there enough. So right, yeah. exactly. So oh, all yeah. right, um, Ak is Ak will be here any second. I think he's just taking care of. Yeah, he'll be around. Yeah, uh, we'll get started with the show. Uh, hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, April 26, twenty eighteen. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, <laughs> and I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast oh, yeah. here on HockeyBuzz.com. What was that? I said that's all I got. Well, that's all you got, yo. Great. Uh, we will talk to right now about, unfortunately, the elimination of the Toronto Maple Leafs as they go down, as expected, at least from my point of view, because I picked the Bruins in seven, uh, to the Boston Bruins last night, a 7-4 loss at TD Garden. Um, 
All right, Russ, let me just keep lost. Let me just final. Is that confirmed? Yes, yes. That's a that's an E five. Thank you very much. E five. Okay. Yes. Um. Give me your now. Give me your thoughts on the game. Better thoughts. Okay. Your unfettered thoughts, and then I'll give you mine. Yes. You know, my first thought was I I expected it to be a high scoring game. I just did. I don't know why. I mean, I do know the Leafs don't have a great defense, but Boston's defense is pretty good. But for some reason, I just expected a, a high-scoring game. The The fact that, you know, some fans were getting antsy about Tuka Rask is crazy. Just leave him alone. He's fine. I, I don't I don't get all the angst about Tuka Rask. That's just silliness. The first two periods were great. I mean, they were close. Everything was right in there. The, you know, the, the biggest thing is you saw the, the two big things that you saw in the third period were the defensive breakdowns, like with Jake Gardner. I don't know why he tried to cross a, go across the ice to stay with DeBrusque and then hit him at the last second because somebody else had a better path to him. And that was just, like to me, bad hockey sense. Maybe he just was not thinking. And then I also saw Freddie Anderson definitely wear down. He made great saves for the first two periods, yeah. but I think he's played too much this year. I do. Well, um, you know, in terms of bad hockey sense and wrong decisions, uh, that that's prototypical of Jake Gardner. It's been that that's been his, um, you know, his D his DNA, his, uh, you know, resume for the entire time he's been with the Leafs. I think that's why, you know, um, back in the day when the Leafs were trying to trade, um, Francois Beauchemin back to Anaheim, they wanted Justin Schultz, and the Ducks basically said, uh, "No, we will trade you Gardner." And right. you know, they didn't get Justin Schultz because he did, he ended up signing with Edmonton. But you know that. Now, I mean, over overall thoughts. I mean, I, I mean, I agree with your point about Freddie Anderson. I said during the season he played sixty six games during the regular season. I thought it was too much. You had two goaltenders, one in in uh, Curtis McElhaney, who's basically a, you know a good solid number two backup veteran guy, and Calvin Pickard down in the uh, AHL, who's a, who's played a lot in the NHL, who they could have given. Uh, you know Anderson a little more rest during the year, but they yeah. they decided to load up the number one I, the number one games on him, and he played well for most of the year. But he tailed off in the last five weeks of the regular season. His goals against was over three point five. His save percentage was under nine hundred the last five weeks of the season, and in the playoffs when he was great, he was great. When he was not so great, he was bad. And last night he gave up three goals in the first period that I thought two of them were stoppable. Um, you know, when the, the one puck, I think it was a Krug shot, dr uh, drifted, uh, rolled through his pads and almost crossed the goal line. I'm like, oh, boy, here you go, because normally he doesn't do that. Um, but then they came right back and scored, and two of the three goals in the first period were ones he should have stopped. Second period, I thought he was really good. The Leafs took the lead 4-3 in the third period, and then – I'm not blaming him for all these goals. No. The Krug goal that tied it was a wide open point shot yeah. from long range. Yeah. And he and he, they, they said maybe there was sort of some sort of moving screen, but he missed it. And that 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 goal killed because they they their lead evaporated within I think a couple minutes. And then 
Gardner with the ultimate brain cramp on DeBrusque's goal, and then yeah. then Gardner was on the ice. I mean, Gardner was minus five last night, folks. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. The analytics crowd out there, please try to defend Jake Gardner now because you look like a bunch of friggin' idiots if you do. Well, it, it's definitely indefensible. Uh, on the plus side, look, Marner played great. Yes, there were, there were a lot of players that played great. I think this criticism that's popped up of Austin Matthews is absurd because yeah. when, you, when you're 20 years old and you're facing a Hall of Fame defenseman in Zidane Chara yeah. and Charlie McAvoy, who knows him and also is a really top young defenseman in the league, yeah. you're not going to do much. And people have to understand, and, and I really don't think Mike Babcock was – pinning all his playoff hopes on a 20-year-old either. That's why they got Marlowe. That's why they had other guys. Yes. It's just I think fans started to do that, and then writers went with it, and it didn't make sense to me, and it still doesn't. Yeah, it's funny because I've been I've been at Air Canada Center covering the Leafs all year this year. I covered 39 of the 41 games. I've been there. I would have picked up on the vibe whether – Babcock and Matthew, there was some tension between them. I didn't pick up at anything at all. I didn't hear anything at all. So I think, you know, I mean, I have respect for Nick Kiprios, but I think this this stuff is crap. I think this is excuse. That's what I th really think it is. And I, I you know, I mean, I mean, he was being matched up against two Hall of Famers and probably a future all-star in McAvoy. They were on the ice. Chara, Bergeron, and McAvoy were on the ice almost every time that Matthews was on. So to blame a 20-year-old and his, you know, he scored a goal and an assist in seven games, I think is intellectually lazy and just really stupid. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just – sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Matthews' fault at all. I mean, I think that – I do think that – I don't know. I mean, you watched him all year, so I, I I don't love the way he play. I don't love the playing time he gets. Like, I well, feel like I mean, that's he, okay. I feel like he should get more playing time than he gets. Well, Ross, this is this is the thing, and I I I've heard this a lot today. Um, that Matthews is you know called it called her trophy winner, one of the maybe top five players in the league. Yeah. And that Babcock should be double shifting him. He should be playing him on the first power play. Okay, first of all, the power play. They were second in the NHL. Why the hell would you mess up the, that power play to put Austin Matthews on it when he's on the second power play? You had Bozak, Kadri, Van Riemsdyk, Marner, and Riley as a unit. They were 25% all year. Why would you mess with that? No, you wouldn't. That's absurd. No, but and I wouldn't want to pile on – too many minutes on him either. I mean, again, I was. I watching know, I know, but it, it, I, I agree. And listen, I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made for that. I totally understand where you're coming from, but I think that the one thing, I mean, just as an outside observer who didn't watch as many Leafs games as as you did this year, right. Mike, or anything that like during this series, when you know, when there have been key moments when the Leafs needed a goal, mm -hmm. I've looked on the ice and and you know, you just expect him to be there, like, and he's not. You know, like, I, like, I, the, like with other teams, their star player get to that kind of key moment. You know, when they first pulled a goalie the other, last, last night, I mean, you know, like they, they, like he's not out there right away. Like, it's, like it's, it's strange to me how he's not out there where they pulled the goalie. Then he's out there on the second shift. That, you know, he probably was just out there right before that. But at the right. end of the day, I just – there's too many times, like, that I that I feel like I'm watching and I just expect him to be on the ice because well, he is the best player on the team. I mean, they scored the second most goals in the NHL this year, and the one of the reasons why one of the reasons why is because they had a balanced offensive attack. They had, and he's probably hurt. I mean, he's probably not one hundred percent right. And there's been there's there's been some speculation about that. And well, he you know, was hurt, and he came back early. Right. Like we know, right, but that he made. I mean, 
there was a play he made right before the goal, right before the last final, the the empty net goal by Marshawn. That was incredible, like an unbelievable stick handle over the blue line. Like he just did somebody at high speed and in a high intensity game with that arena going crazy for his age. He made an, a move that was just that was just nasty, like completely ridiculous. And so, so I wanted I, to see more of it. Like I wanted to see more. It was, right. it was obvious. You saw last night the Leafs youth came out when they were trying to come back. Like at, toward in the last five minutes of that game, they were. They were skitterish, and they it, the it, game was the game was over when Pasternak scored to make it six four. I mean, that's not exactly a, a that's brutal. true, but still, it, it, even even before even before that, even before Pasternak scored, they were very skitterish. They, their outlets were skitterish. I mean, the, the and the, all their holes were glaring. But they, you know, and Marner. I mean, I tell you who I was really impressed with was Kapanen. Like just in general, um, you know, I think he's a half hey, half a player. Great, that shorthanded goal was great. He's a hell of a player, and to be honest, you know, if he is available. For a defenseman in the future, well, um, they'll get something pretty good for him because he's he's got serious talent. Well, th- this this is this is the thing. I mean, I and we we'll have a long time over the summer to, to debate with the directions of where the where the Leafs are going to go. But this is the, the the impression that I'm getting um, right after. It, it does not sound like there's a chance that Van Riemsdyk and Bozak are coming back because they have such a wealth of forwards, you know, Kapanen and Andreas Janssen who were playing on a fourth line can move up in the lineup. Uh, Janssen has yeah. got a lot of skill, a lot of speed, and I think would work pretty well. And plus they have a couple, they have a couple of three wingers uh, in, in the AHL, uh, Carl Grundstrom, a Swedish hockey league uh, product who was a second round pick from a couple years ago was really good. Jeremy Bracco has yeah. really grown in the, la- in the last couple months. So they have depth in the organization of forward, but, contractually i think if they i i continue to say and i will continue to say till i'm blue in the face this team will never win unless they make that trade for a top two to top yeah. four defenseman and one of those guys and i think that you could see with william nylander coming up on restricted free agency mm-hmm. him being moved for that type of player if it's a noah hannafin or a truba or if they can, you know, trade for an Oliver Ekman Larson and get him signed to a contract, it's going to be something like that yeah. because they're not moving Marner, and obviously Matthews is is, is the linchpin of, the, of that franchise. Right, right. But and, those and, two are equally, I think those two are equally important to keep. There's, there's something else too, Mike. Yeah. I want to address because it's raging in the chat room. You know the the defense of Jake Gardner. The well, he's our best guy for the power <laughs> play. We don't have anybody else. Riley's the top guy in the power play. No, but then yeah, I know, but but they're talking about like the next guy, right? So he's 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 their next. But the idea is, to me, if you don't have Jake Gardner in the future, and this is why I stress in the future, I think someone like Dermot could be on the second power play. And then, but in the chat room, they're like, "Well, he can't even do it on the Marlies." I'm like, "But he's 21 years yeah, old." It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, it doesn't. You can't you can't equate the Marlies. I mean, no, honestly, but, but he's 21. And all he, you have to know is this: Gossespierre difference between the phantoms and the flyers oh, it was massive was, was astonishing like he was yeah. they they took him a while to bring him up because he was just okay at the phantoms yeah. the second oh. they brought him up sometimes super skilled players just play better with other skilled players in in see in seeing Dermot as much as i have since he was since he was drafted in 2013 uh, 2015 i've seen him play with the marlies a lot i've seen i've obviously yeah. seen him for most of his nhl career i'm telling you he's a top four defenseman yeah. i think he could handle being moved up into the top four that's the thing they have riley and Dermot and gardner on the left side and the most important thing of those of mm-hmm. of that situation is Gardner is a UFA after next year. They will not make the same stupid mistake no. 
that they did this year. And this is this is not getting as much criticism now, but it will in the next few days. The short-sightedness of Leaf management to not go out and trade James Van Riemsdyk and trade uh, tra or trade Tyler Bozak and trade a second-round pick to tr to get Thomas Bacanitz when you when basically everybody was picking Boston and said they had little chance to get by Boston or Tampa. I understand the motivation of Mike Babcock and the management to say, we have a chance of winning the Stanley Cup, but you really did not. You were still in the rebuild, and you wasted assets, and you and you um, missed opportunities to get assets. Here's the thing, That's though, that I've talked to people about Placanic. I've actually talked to people pretty close to Lamorello about Placanic, too, and I've just, because I was curious, you know, and yeah. it was a 50-50 deal how Lou described it 50% on the ice and 50% off the ice and meaning that Lou felt like his forwards needed to be around someone like Thomas Placanic, like for what it's, you know, he, they felt like he needed to be around someone who had experience who'd played. The That's game. why he didn't help him though. Uh, he well, didn't help he, him on the ice that much. He did have a pretty good playoff. He wasn't terrible. No, but, like he had one really good game and then the rest he was like, and, eh. but you know, we, we don't know, we don't know what he meant to the team sure. as far as just being around, you know, like that's the thing. Oh, you know, that was, that was the motivation behind Brian Boyle and, and you know, the, right. the, leaders, the leadership, the experience on the ice that, and I, and I get that, but this, that's the, the thing, the problem here is this team was not a Brian Boyle or a Thomas Pekanitz away from right. winning either a couple rounds or a Stanley cup. There's still a work in progress. You know, I agree with you. The thing with JVR though, I really get the sense that they believe that JVR is going to come in for a lot less money than people think. Um, and I, I think because JVR likes playing there and he wants less money, I really would be shocked. No, I mean, we'll, we'll have to, we'll, we'll place bets on this, on a number for him, but you know, if it's under 6 million a year, he took well. That's the thing. I, I don't think they can afford unless they trade Nealander. I don't think they can afford that. And that and that's the thing. It's like you know, if I mean, he took an undervalued contract. He took the took term, and it was four and a quarter from from the deal that he signed with the Flyers in twenty twelve. Yeah. So he they've had a bargain since they made that trade. Well, what if he only goes up to five? If he goes up to five, I mean, the, the, I think the the thing that they would have to that would be a mitigating factor is term. I mean, first of all, he scored 36 goals last year. And other than Tavares, he's the best forward in this free agent. No, and, and I get that. And you're losing and you're, no, he's going to be really, and he's, and you know, and I also didn't think they played him well in the playoffs. Like as far as his minutes go, like I felt like they needed to get more well, because, he's, because five on five, he's been a defensive liability, but ball. in the playoffs in his career, he's been lights out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just, yeah. and, and this is something that goes back to Lamorello actually with team USA way back in the, what was it? The 2010 Olympics, like Lamorello. I mean, he was part of that whole big group of, you know, Burke and all that stuff who just don't believe in JVR. Yeah as much as they should because and they don't look at the fact that the guy is lights out in his career in tournaments or or you know or any situation like this you know like this is and and yeah. you know the flyers i mean he he single-handedly carried the flyers one playoffs in, yeah, in, 20, in, in 2010 yeah and, yeah, and, and, and at times i you saw it again like when he's skating at his best and i saw it even last night a little bit but it's just so frustrating i mean that was obviously a another terrible situation giving up three goals in the third period again is deja vu like they they could stop saying it. I mean, Mike Doc Emmerich. <laughs> Here here's the other thing too. Eck. I want to replay this. too. Thank you. I do want to stress this again for the chat room. A, I would get rid of Gardner. B, uh, yeah. for the guy that says he had season tickets to the Wolves and saw Dermot a lot. Dermot was the lone point guy for for Dylan Strome and Connor McDavid, and then he was also the lone point point guy when DeBrinkit and Radish were on the team. Like yeah. he but, for, for, just for hasn't been given. For Erie, for the for the honors, 
Yes, for Iori. He just has not been put in that role. Right. And I'm telling you, he can grow into that role. Everybody's thinking, like, we can't lose Jay Gardner because of what he does offensively. But you can lose Jay Gardner because what he doesn't give you defensively is hurting the team. He was he, he was not used as much on the point with the mm -hmm. Marlies because they had a big shot in Andrew Nielsen who they wanted right. to get up there and they had other they had other more experienced guys that they used back there. But Dermot is was an offensive defenseman with the Marlies. He played mm -hmm. well and he's and I you know I think Babcock had confidence in him. I mean enough confidence that when Riley was knocked out after mm -hmm. getting hit with the Chara shot, they put Dermot on the power play. And he I think people have fallen into this trap with with Gardner because bad for Jake he gets well. And he has the offensive ability on the power play, so everybody's like, well, we can't lose that. I'm, I'm sorry. He scored 52 points, career high this year. He's one year away from walking away from nothing. If you don't trade him, yeah. if you, know, you either do one of two things this summer, if you're the Maple Leaf. If you believe in him, you sign him. If you don't, you trade him. There's right. no middle ground. You do not let him walk away for nothing. It is I agree with that. He's in that really weird spot where he is yeah. good. Uh, but they want him to be something that he's not, you know, like, right. and, and th that he's been that his entire career in Toronto has been that yes. way. And this, and this year he was really good. I mean, for him, you know, puts up the big numbers, um, but still like another 10 to 15 points, then he's a no brainer. You bring him back. So he's still at like 52. He's still at that point where, you know, on a team as high scoring as at least 52 points from a defenseman, you know, who plays as much as minutes as he is, is should happen. Right. So it's, you know, basically that's how I see it. The funny thing was the you know the the supposed turnaround of Gardner last year yeah. under Babcock was was because Babcock was protecting him. He was used not yeah. matching him up against top lines. This year, it was not as much, and it, it showed. I mean, his yes. you know he he'd been exposed at at, at, a, at certain points. But Freddie so, Anderson also came up kind of small last night. Yeah, I, well, I think he was tired. I really do think. Well, that I do think he's tired too. Yeah. I mean, this is a it was a it was a really good game i mean i thought i thought you know i, I was kind of shocked that it was four th four three and going into the third period you know it didn't feel like the leafs should be winning that game i mean they were getting outshot they were definitely and uh and then they really did i mean the bruins did show their experience and then yeah, their defense took did. over i mean their defense really took over like they were they were the, the leafs were throwing everything of a really good offense and the bruins defense was shutting them down they were just doing a great job at clearing the puck they were doing a great job at, at picking off wow. passes now it's it's funny because I I, I was conversing with uh, a Bruins uh, reporter friend, and he said that if the Bruins had lost that game, that Tuukka Rask would have been gone. Yeah, I was hearing that too during the game. I got two texts from people in the press box that that was the roar going through the press box in Boston. Um, kind of crazy, and and you know people, and it's so funny to the point where if you noticed after the game on the, I think it was Keith Jones, somebody said like they, people have to give Tuukka Rask a break. Like he actually kind of came out and said it. Saying that you know the, that he he was acknowledging that Rask and it was weird because unless you knew that all this stuff was going on in the press box, you wouldn't. What Jones said was came kind of a left field, but it was it was like he's it was obvious that Jones was hearing the same thing. Yeah. Um. You know they they that was scapegoating. You know, in my opinion, they're scapegoating yeah. to Rask because and and you know when they should they be because they don't want to sit there and look at what they've done with Rick Nash, which is like to me that's right. that's that's about my now. I think I, we're gonna have so much fun talking about the Maple Leaf team. They're a great, they're a fun team. They're they're an exciting team to talk about. And 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 I'll and I'll learn more tomorrow because I'm, I believe locker. Right, you'll be up at the media day. I'll be I'll be going up for for locker cleanout tomorrow. Everyone's favorite day, locker cleanout day. Yeah. No, no, there's no, nothing. There's nothing worse than coming yeah. locker cleanout day. Yeah, no. I do have a message on that though. Let's let's act, right. we need to talk about the Flyers locker cleanup day for a minute because Marcus Hayes, a guy who a guy who literally goes to like three Flyers games a year. 
and just the playoffs decided to sort of parse what Claude Giroux said about the fans when they boo their negative. And it, and he says they try harder and sometimes they try too hard. He sort of turned that around like like it you know like the booze affect him and the I will tell you him. this that I that he is that that's not a good thing to do um from his perspective with with the Flyers organization because they they will not be happy about that. Well, I don't even care about that. I I'm just talking about reporting in general. Yeah. When you get guys that barely ever go to games. Yeah. And then they're looking to create headlines. Yep. Something that's pretty innocuous with what Giroux said, I just find that despicable. And and okay. you, yeah, no, I do too. And and the one thing about because you know Giroux, the one thing about Giroux is he is very honest. He is like, honest. He's 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 never going to BS you. He's not going to sugarcoat things. And he'll even jokingly say, you know, I remember who was he? I heard him say to like Sam Carcidi one point, you know, how many how many goals did you think I would get this year or something like that? And Sam's like, yeah, I admit it. I said you were going to you know only get sixty points or whatever. Yeah. You know, after Giroux got hundred points, and they joked about it. Yeah, Giroux's honest. He's a real good person, and he's going to tell you the the quote. When I read that quote, it to me that's because because we know Giroux. That's like an yeah. that's a Giroux just being like you know he's like in the moment upset a little bit because obviously yeah. it's clean out day, and he's being honest. But I don't buy it for a second that that well, that, that that really is how the team feels, and that's a shame when someone gets in there and does that. I agree with you 100. I'm I'm in just this last thing on this. I'm not sure how much we'll learn tomorrow, but uh, I know that last year that Lou Lamorello spoke to the media, and he, I, you know, he hasn't spoken to the media other than in radio interviews, and I think at the deadline, yeah. that that's been the extent of it. And um, well, they are know, starting to phase him out. Like we all know that. Like that's not a a surprise. Yeah, but but Russ, I I don't see that. This is the this is the thing with Marner's contract, with Matthews' contract, with. You know the situations that are there right now. I don't know whether Brendan Shanahan wants to go into this off season with uh, with a, a neophyte in uh, in Kyle Dennis on an insult. He's a, he would be a first time general manager um, in the NHL. I don't know if he wants to do that now. If, if I but don't at know. some point the Lou era was gonna is gonna come that's, to a close, that, and we also that. knew that going into this year that he was going to be less of a public figure. And he has sure. been. I, I'm not shocked at that. I'm really not. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's, it, the face has been Babcock. It's been mostly Babcock. And, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we'll get some sort of indicator from Lou. Maybe we'll get a revelation because I remember a couple years ago at Locker Cleanout, they revealed Kadri and, and Riley's contract extension. So maybe they'll announce the contract extension of Lamorello or what his plans are. So we'll find out. Definitely that want, if you're if you're a reporter, you want Lou going up there. You want to But Mike, talk about for just a second the, I guess, the Islander rumor. Like, where did this start? Yeah, well, there's there's uh, uh, Elliot Friedman's 31 thoughts. He had uh, mentioned that uh, the transition potentially of a Lamorello's contract was three years as GM and two years in some sort of senior advisor role, and that there was some indications because Lamorello's son Chris is involved in the management of the of the New York Islanders, and he, that he gets along well with Garth Snow. That yep. the possibility of him going to uh, the Islanders, maybe as I would assume, maybe as team president, and maybe uh-huh. have a little more input than an advisory role. That that might be a possibility. His contract does not run out until June the thirtieth. So if that's part of this, then they would let him go. I mean, they would let him go if he wanted. They would let him go. Yeah. If they, if I mean, because it's, it's considered that it's a step up. You know, like they'll never stop somebody from stepping up if you're going to team president. Right. Well, I don't think you can. I think it's actually a league rule. You can't stop somebody from stepping. No, you can. Up. You definitely can. You definitely can. You have to. It depends. It depends on the um, 
But the I, respect, the respect is there that they won't. I mean, if if it depends if on the contract, like believe it or not, there's a lot of play. There's a lot of assistant GMs and other people out there that I've talked to who, you know, you have to, talk, to ask the team permission. And there's others that have permission, but I think that's as far as it goes. Like I think well, that's, yes, that's permission is permission. If you don't have permission to talk to him, you can't. I guess, but whoever yeah. talks to them, no one's but, ever done it. I mean, I've never, I've never heard it anybody I've do. I've never it. heard of it. Not. But but the, but the but the the funny thing is that if if, if there is a transition from Lamorello to Dubis, and Dubis has been labeled as more of an analytics guy. Which I don't think is accurate. I think he's a pretty. I think he's a pretty. He uses analytics, but he's a pretty straightforward hockey guy. He's the guy I'm thinking of. They did not let him interview with somebody. Right, Colorado. They right. They they asked permission and they said no. Yeah, he's definitely the GM in waiting. It's just a question of when, and that's what I'm saying is that this off season there's so much going on. I don't know whether they want to put all that on his plate in his first year. I mean, he'll have a lot of support, but. I don't know. I, I don't. Gonna, I, I, don't I, I bet they just leave it up to Lou completely. Um, they'll just say they'll, they'll say if, if Lou wants to go. I mean, I don't remember Lou retired. He was not coming back. He was done. Correct. And then he went to Toronto because it was such a unique situation. So well, he was team present. They kicked him upstairs, but it was basically a power. Yeah, but he, he, he kicked upstairs and he was say he told everybody, "I'm this is it. I'm done. I'm retiring." And he was done. He was perfectly happy with that. He was content. That's where he was going to go. And then all of a sudden, the thing that could happen would be for Lou Lamoureux to go to the Islanders like a Bill Tory. It would be a really good situation because I think he would change the outlook to fans as to what might be happening or what might happen. I think there'd be more optimism. And, and his and his fir- his first move in the, with the Islanders, Russ, is to sign John Tavares, do the sign and trade, and trade him uh, to the Maple Leafs. <laughs> no, I think I think Lou. The only reason I would think Lou would go there would be because maybe he does want to help his son out in some way, shape, or form. Like maybe he's maybe he sits there and says, you know, his son's like his son's his son really wants like and he goes, I I could I could see him do that for a little bit. Kind of like, you know, Scotty Bowman did with Stan Bowman yeah. in Chicago. Possibly. But you know, like I, I don't know. I think that I don't know. That's anyway, let's move on. Um before yeah. we move on to the we're gonna do a little we forgot to do X Attic yesterday. I'm really sorry I had a good one, but next time Kevin Allen's on but um in honor of the Winnip and I know I should be leaving this for tomorrow, but it's too good. I just, I just found so a friend of mine um grew up in Winnipeg. A little and a little while ago, gave me a bunch of old Winnipeg Jets memorabilia. So I'm going to show one today, one tomorrow when we have Pete on, I guess. Um, but uh, this is what we got today. So this is the this is the 1972-73 WHA Media Guide. Ooh, that's okay. awesome. Okay, so look how look how. <laughs> yeah. You know what media guides look like now, right? So yeah. and then so it stepped up in the 73. 73- to be fair, though, the WHA was fairly new back then. Yeah, 73-74 Media Guide for WHA. You see, you got Gordy Howe. Yeah. Um, and this gets a little bit thicker. Okay. So you're looking at actually you got Bobby Hull before the uh toupee too. Right, Bobby Hull before the toupee. I mean, and there's some some things on here that are just awesome. On the back here you have the um the Avco trophy. Oh <laughs> Avco, the Avco Cup, yes. The Avco Cup, yeah, which is you know, that's, that's amazing. The, the, it's um, funny because um the um member of the thing that I the, the ticket stub from yesterday. The, the the person that gave it to me said it was Howe and Del Vecchio at the at the uh, the I think it was the conference final. So he was in the WHA at that point. Maybe this their season was over with, and he was just you know having having uh, a, a night out with his buff, with his ex Red Wing buddy. That's that's interesting. I forgot about that. Yeah. See, and, and so I was going through the, the WHA Cup. rules. Winnipeg think- fans talk about the Avco Cup with great admiration. Still. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going through the WHA rules here, and and something that I never knew, I came across like, and I just saw this now, which is really interesting. Um, the icing rule in the WHA. 
All right, which yeah, I, I you know, guess. was it touchless? Uh, nope, 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 nope. That's just a strip bar in, in Toronto. Um, this is um, oh, icing in the <laughs> sorry, icing in the WHA. A new version of the icing rule will provide some additional difficulties for shorthanded teams. Simply, a shorthanded team in the WHA cannot clear the puck by dumping it into the other end of the ice. That will be ruled icing. You weren't so allowed they, to ice the puck when you were shorthanded in WHA. I never knew that. I never watched WHA games in New York. They they were hard to come by. So like I, I didn't. I was seven when it came out. So I mean, and we've we've we're still having that discussion now. You know, in the NHL, that rule has been tossed around a little bit, right? Well, that and that and basically a two minute major meaning right that you never get that you never get back on. I know. Um, right. So. I mean, and you know, it, it is the WHA is, is interesting. Like the um, going through like the basic um, the logos of this were really kind of crazy. And the funny thing about this, so I actually have some. There's some notes in here too, which her dad worked for the Jets. So, and one of the things her dad did was sign the original Bobby Hull contract, which I'll which I'll show tomorrow. Um, which actually is just on a one sheet piece of paper that you know, and he 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 photocopied the handwritten contract for Bobby Hull that that basically turned the whole NHL on Ed, yeah. right? Because Bobby Hull going, they named they named they named the Jets because he was the Golden Jet, remember? Right. Um. So that's like the crazy thing. So anyway, that's a little um a little history. So that's X Attic. If you have an idea for X Attic, send it to EcklandHockeyBuzz.com. Maybe something you you send a picture of something kind of really old and cool that you have hockey related, and we'll we'll show it on the air. And if you do that, we'll try this. We'll, we'll definitely put it, give you a big old shout out. So that's fun stuff. All right. Now we got to oh, get in lieu of cash. Yes. Yes. <laughs> shout out in lieu of cash, which is how, you know, our, that's how our bloggers get paid. Um, <laughs> that's not, true. not yet, at least. Um, all right. So <laughs> a second. I, I just got my raise for, yeah, there it is, Mike. I know. Don't spend it all at once. We're going to start paying in Canadian soon. Um, all right. So oh. just a joke. All right, so so now we move on to tonight, and we we so before we do that, here's an interesting thing. Okay, so I, if you remember, we're going to do predictions. So what I've what I did last time, I did you know not doing matchup predictions. I'm not doing matchups for you yet, but um, what I what I am going to show you is something kind of fascinating. I did a crowdsourcing predictions, right, which was fun. I basically put out there, you know, surveys for each of the each of the series and. And I wanted to see if I could beat my predict if my predictions, you know, could beat the what I call the I came up with a name for it. I like I like my name. It's called the all knowing Internet mob or ACM, um, which is, you know, because, you know, whenever I put anything out on the Internet, if I if I if it's slightly wrong, you know, which it. Uh, oh, yeah. The correctors will be right out. Yeah, there. I mean, so because me and me, you know, I'm just one person and I make mistakes. But, you know, the all knowing Internet mob, you can't they between them you you know you're never yeah. gonna have with them so i think can i so i got six of the eight right remember i got boston i had boston and new jersey i i mean i had new jersey and toronto so here's what they picked in the first round ready so um boston versus toronto um the the all-knowing internet mob 57 percent of them picked toronto um <laughs> they were wrong um six and the average was six or seven really points. well they're only as wrong as mike no actually mike picked against them so yeah. Pittsburgh. I went, five, I went five and three. The uh, the, the all-knowing internet mob, seventy-two percent picked Pittsburgh. So we will give them that one. Um, Capitals and Jackets, fifty-four percent picked the Capitals. So they were right there. Uh, right. New Jersey and Tampa, seventy-eight percent picked Tampa. My mother could pick Tampa. Yeah. I didn't. Um, 
the Preds. <laughs> you can't be Mike's mother, to be fair. I'm not. That's true. Preds and Avs. I want you guys to guess the percentage of people that pick the Predators in this series. 95. 97. 93, man. You guys are pretty close. 93%. 55% said it would be Nashville in five games. Um, Knights versus Kings. I said the sweep. Who was the favorite? <laughs> Don't start again. We know who the favorite was. It was the first place team. One per one person, and I don't know who it is, picked the pick the knights in four games out of sixty two hundred. Wow. I wish I could find that person who picked who picked the knights of sixty two hundred. One person picked the knights, but sixty four percent picked the kings. So they were wrong. Sharks versus ducks. What do you, who do you think they picked in this one? Ducks. Ducks. Fifty six percent of them picked the sharks. Oh wow! Our crowd knows what they're doing, um, so they were right. Jets versus Wild. Jets. All right, but how much by? Seventy thirty. Sixty five. Ninety one percent. Wow. Jets. So the all knowing internet that, mob. That was Pete. That was Peter just revoting and revoting yes. and revoting. The all knowing okay. internet mob picked um overwhelmed got six of eight right as well. So I'm tied with them. Just for what it's okay. worth, um we're tied. And uh, now that we go to head into the next round, I'm going to tell you where they are with these with these four series right now, um, and see if you guys can guess where they would be with this. Are we doing just the ones that are tonight? Or are we doing all uh, well, for this for this crowdsourcing? We'll do all of them, but then we're actually going to only talk about the ones that are tonight. But let's just uh, let's start with this. So let's go tonight. First of all, you've got the the big game tonight, uh, or whatever. They're both they're both really fun games. Let's start with the Penguins and Capitals. What do you think, the all knowing internet mob? Where do you think they're going in this one? Penguins. Uh, I'd say 65, 35%. Nope, I'm going Capitals, 68%. Uh, they are going, I'm going to do my math in my head, 62% Penguins. Yeah. Okay. Uh, overwhelmingly six games, like 38%. Okay, Golden Knights versus Sharks. They're going 60% Golden Knights. Yep, I, I agree around, around, there, around 60, 40, yeah. How about this? 51%. For Vegas. Okay. So it's so a pick. 49 for Sharks. There were only 837 votes. There's going to be a lot more to come in. So that could change. That's still, that's still, you know, we're still, whoa, whoa. we're still, what do you mean a lot more to come in? This sounds, this sounds crooked. No, no, because it's going to, I'm going to let it go for it the rest of the day. Ballots? Like, what do you mean more to come yeah, in? Right. There's, there's still some people in yeah, they're, they're, California that haven't been voted. It, so. it, it, it's like, it's like, it's like Florida, Russ. There are counties on the panhandle that are in different time zones. So they stay open for another hour. Right. That's where the right. ballot boxes are stuffed. Tampa and Boston. I would say Tampa 60-40. Russ? He's taking care of Kyle. Oh, okay. Sorry, I had the other thing up. All right, well, if Russ was here, he would say Tampa in about the same, I would say. Um, they're going with Tampa in 75, at 75% over Boston. Okay. Not okay. a good – they actually went – you know. So, and now the Preds and Jets – um, I would say it's well. I mean, that's a good man. I, I would say it's if anything, it's like fifty-two forty-eight predators. Wow, Mike, you got the right. You got the right percentage. Yeah, but you got but it's but the wrong but team. It's, it's Winnipeg. Okay, fifty-two forty-eight for Winnipeg right now. Yeah, it's basically a pick'em. I mean, that's yeah. And I and you do have to like Toronto. We have a lot of a lot of Toronto readers. So like I think that you know yeah. Toronto, Boston. I kind of give that a little bit the other way. So and and, and, and interest, interesting thing here. I, I mean, unlike unlike when it was Ottawa, unlike when it is Montreal, right? Unlike if it's Edmonton or Vancouver, 
I think that Canada is rallying behind Winnipeg because yes. Winnipeg is they, I mean, I like Winnipeg. I think they're a great team. I, I'd, a like, fun group, I'd like to see them have some success. I mean, I, I but I, I think Nashville's too strong, but I'm not rooting. I'm not rooting against the Jets. I'd like to see them have some success, but I, yeah. I you know, I, I think I still think Nashville is going to win that series, but the, I do get that, that, that Canadian get behind one team is actual this year. Yeah. Really no, I think that's true. So, so Russ, did you hear those that we said there? I did not. No. Sorry. Okay. So right now they're going fifty-two percent for Winnipeg. Okay. Um, they're going fifty-one percent for San Jose. Right, and then they're and so th- things are obviously changing quickly. Yeah. They went seventy-five percent for Tampa. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. it's not, but I think you know, so it's it's always fascinating to me how this plays out. So we'll see. Um. This goes, but anyway, we'll we'll talk check into this more as we go. But we're going to start talking about the games ourselves now and make our own picks. So let's go there. Okay. Um, now the other thing I had to mention the last thing someone texted me this the TSN on Twitter had made you know because TSN if nothing else loves to rub in anything they can against the Maple Leafs. I I you know I will admit this TSN hate I've been around them they hate the Maple Leafs they really do I'm I'm going to just be blunt about it like the people who work there maybe it's because they work in the same city or they own the Maple Leafs what. They own the Maple Leafs. They own the Maple Leafs, but I'm telling you that the, any chance they get, they will take shots at them. And you know this is true. So, um, some yes, some no. But I, I think it's they threw out the stat today that the Maple Leafs are the only Canadian NHL team to never win a playoff series in the salary cap era. There you go. Okay, and that's true. And that's I mean, it's true. It I mean, true. hell, excuse me. I'm the one who's been railing against the Leafs defense being being total crap over the last few years. And the Leafs gave up the most goals in in the playoffs. Now the 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 they're tied with Philadelphia, and Philadelphia averaged more goals per game. Uh, you know, on average, it was four point six six, and the Leafs were four. But still, they gave up twenty eight goals in seven games. Yeah. You know, I you know I'm not anti Maple Leaf. It's you, you yeah. it, it's a record. It's numbers. It's there. You it's have to you, now, right? you have to speak truth. So um, there was, and someone also said I have to, I have to bring up the fact that there was a six overtime game last night in the KHL. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Yeah. The KHL, the, the, the Gregarian Cup was awarded already. Yeah. Uh, it was. Yes, but I think now, well, let's see. It says this maybe is this, the under eighteen. Maybe it was under eighteen. This is a different tournament. Yeah, maybe it's not the KHL. Um, yeah. the, I guess a different tournament. Um, New York Ranger prospect Igor Rykov. Okay, right. I got established an all-time Russian lead record last night by logging 61 minutes and 19 seconds of ice time mm. while helping Ska Neva of the VHL defeat Dynamo. Yeah, that's their, that's their, I think that's their ECHL because the MHL is their AHL. Yeah, right. Okay. The MHL is their AHL. Yeah. So anyway, that was, I think it's pretty interesting. Anyway, um, so that's, that's like, that's like, the, that's like the uh, South Carolina Stingrays playing the, uh, Playing the Orlando Soul Bears. That's yeah. basically what it is. Yeah. And I missed this, but um, about you, just, you, you don't Jake miss Gardner. anything. Jake Gardner's quote that most the most important game this season. I didn't show up. He had he actually said that last night. Yeah. He. I mean, he was he was emotional. He cried. He was yeah. crying. I mean, I you know I, I feel for the guy, but honestly, yeah. And, and I had some fee- I had some feedback from 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 Lee fans saying, well, they misusing him. He should be a five, six defenseman. You can't play a guy who's yeah. making, especially a guy who's going to, who's making 
$4 million yeah, on, no on your bottom pairing. He's either good enough to play in your top four or he's not good enough to play for you. So that will be determined. And there is some speculation that he might be traded during the offseason, and I think they'd get good yeah. value for him. So we'll see. Will. All right, so there you have it. Uh, last little bit of news before we get into the predictions. And which mm-hmm. are the but I just I just got this text, too, and I didn't realize this. The Quebec Ramparts make news today. Did you see this? Oh, Patrick Waugh. Yes, he is. officially back. announced the return of Patrick Waugh as head coach and GM. That's good. I mean, I, I can give a quick story. I went and covered a game there because I was there to see Angelo Esposito. Right. Um, and so I'm there post-game, and I'm, I am I let like two or three questions get fired off in in um, French. And then I figured while there was a second lull, let right. me ask a question. And so I asked a question, of course, you know, not in French. And everybody <laughs> turns around and looks at me. And yeah. even Patrick Waugh had to like, like think about it for a second because he had a switch, I guess, in his brain. Yeah. And then he answered the question. And but it was just a funny moment where like <laughs> I stopped the room because I asked a non-French question. No, yeah. you're you're out of order. They get the fir- they get the first questions, Russ, and then I get the to- first three. What else do they want? Yeah, I think that you know, More. pretty funny. All right, <laughs> all right. So let's go to Pittsburgh and Washington. We did talk about this a little bit yesterday, obviously. So, um, and I don't know if we made our predictions or not. I was trying. I was. We did. We did not Jason rumors at the end of yesterday, and there's going to be more of that today, but, um, all right. So I went out on, I did make mine though. I told you that I think the, I do think the Pittsburgh Penguins are I mean, are going to lose this series okay. that the Capitals are going to win this series in sevens. First time I picked against them in, I picked the last nine times, last nine penguin series. I picked them to win. I'm going with the Capitals. I think that everything's going. Okay. So that's mine, Mike. Um, I'm picking the Penguins in seven. I think that the injury to Malkin will make it a closer series, depending on how effective he is when he comes back. Uh, the Penguins defense, even though they won the series against Philadelphia, was not good. It's beatable. Um, but they do have Latang and they do have Crosby. And if Matt Murray is Matt Murray, I right. think that they will best the Capitals because the Capitals still in my mind have not proved they can beat them. And if they do beat them, that's great. But show me because right now I don't buy that you can beat Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. So I think Penguins in seven. The Capitals have a really horrible game seven record. Just so you know, I know I know I do. I believe me. I know that one. I do like your pick in that regard because I know it's not going to (laughs) happen. I'm going to go Pens in six because I (laughs) I even texted Brian Metzer the other day because I was astounded by the amount of people that are just trying to find reasons why the Penguins can't possibly keep advancing in these playoffs, trying to look for every little problem that they have as to why they're going to eventually fail. And I'll be honest, they keep rising to the occasion, so I can't do it. I'm going pens and six. Russ, you know what it is? It's like it's the media that does. They don't want to go back to Pittsburgh and eat the garbage plate anymore. <laughs> That's what it is. They 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 they're, they're they're tired of the restaurants after they're the, over the last couple of years. They just don't want to go back. Could be. Yeah, it would be it would be closer. It would be a closer drive for us, Russ. To get yes. Um, I've done and I've done the turnpike. I've done the PA turnpike enough times. I'm a little tired of that one. So I I'd be okay with that one myself. But I I just think that. I think people are just people are just downplaying how good this Capitals team is playing right now. I mean, they might not be a great the best Capitals team, but great right now. I'm not sure the Capitals are. I think I think Columbus's play bottomed out when Holpe got great. Right, and Ovechkin woke up to some degree. We'll see if he stays hot. And but otherwise, I'm not sure the Capitals team's playing great. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I think that is fair. But I I think I I I think Matt Murray is not playing that well. 
Um, that we'll we'll find out. Time will tell. I mean, he's not. He's just not. He's not killing it right now. So, I was trying to find him come up with the statistics for that first round, but I was having a tough time doing it right now. But anyway, let's move on to um, to Vegas and San Jose. Russ, you go first. So, I, I like the way Vegas is playing. I do. I I think Mark Andre Fleury is one of the best goalies in the playoffs. But I just I get the feeling that. With the appearance of Joe Thornton last round and the eventual insertion of Joe Thornton this round, that that has given the Sharks like this boost that they, you know, they they haven't had all year really, and so I think that's a big deal. And I think the Sharks' defense, because I've looked over their defense and watched the way they've played, mm. I think their defense is better than than Las Vegas, and I think it's actually kind of unheralded this year because for what they've been able to do, even down oh, to the third pair. Their third pair is even pretty good. So, you know, Mark Edward Vlasic probably doesn't get enough credit for what he does. And, I mean, Burns yeah, seems yeah. to suck up all yeah. the spotlight, but Vlasic yeah. is still really good. Yeah. I think end of the day, I'm going Sharks and six because I think by game two or three, Thornton will be back. Right. And I think that the youth that the, the Sharks have added will be, let them be able to keep pace – with um with Vegas and I think that's going to help them because I think there's enough young guys there that and good skaters there that they'll they'll be able to do it. Yeah, that young guy Eric Fair is really going to make a difference. Um, uh, now how on the fourth line going to play, Mike. Go ahead and be a hater. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm finally buying in, and maybe this is bad luck for bad <laughs> news for the Golden Knights, but I'm finally buying into the magic. Um, I, you know. The thing is, is that their offense is so diversified that there's like not a guy to, you know, one guy to shut down, right. which will be difficult for San Jose to match up with. Everybody has speed. Everybody is operating at, you know, at, you know, in fifth gear. And Flurry, if he continues to play like he played in the first round, which was unconscious, yeah. I think the, I think the Golden Knights. Because I've never, you know, I, I like I was a doubter of the Sharks. You know, I thought they were going to miss the playoffs, so I, I have to continue with my doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, even even though you know Evander Kane has brought some offense uh, to them that they needed badly, um, I think I think the Golden Knights. I think it's going to be a tight, long series, and I think the Golden Knights will pull it out in seven games. I mean, to be fair, Mike was an early adopter and had a Chevy Corvair, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, a couple of things. Vegas owned the Vegas. Actually, pretty much took the series from them. Um, Regular was, season. Regular season. I'm just saying, I've got this bet that Mike, that the actual, that I'm going to be able to beat Mike with the, with the, with the matchup. So I, we have to go through the first round again. I've oh, got to go back to it, but I still think the regular season oh, matters. I think it matters when, and I, what I like to do before picking a game is picking a series. Is I watch, I watch a couple of games just to see what these teams look oh, like. What you like to do is ask your wife because she's <laughs> the no. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Um, she runs it through the abacus. <laughs> this is a. This I think is going to be a very good series. the the it, The issue with beating a hot goalie, okay, um, like you did with Mark Mark Andre Fleury, it you need you need snipers to do it. That's my always been my theory. Like you're not gonna the way Fleury plays. Like you know to beat him, you're gonna have to guy have guys who can really 
pick corners and stuff like that. Or like, get you know, under his skin. Logan Couture get, can get under his skin. Yeah, I mean, you can do that for sure. And definitely that can happen with Murray. They didn't and, do that. The Kings did not the, do that. It was amazing yeah. to me that the Kings didn't do that. We talked about that. Um, yeah. And that Stevens yeah. didn't know to do that because Stevens was in Philly when Philly did that to Marc-Andre Fleury. Or, or have Joel Ward go through the crease and concuss him. Right. You know, someone not not on purpose, but I'm saying, you know, you make contact yeah. with Flurry, you could, you know, he's had that history. And I mean, I, I, not to go, you know, going in, in the in the Bruins series, the Bruins made a lot of contact with Freddie Anderson. And yeah, I, I mean, the Sharks, you're right. Their defense is underrated. I, they were second best to the Kings, and so the so the Vegas, Vegas sits there and they have to deal with the two best defenses in the first two rounds on a team that, you know, shouldn't have a whole lot of scoring because they're not like full of talent with scoring, but they're, you know, they managed to get enough goals. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be similar one, nothing two one games. I think it's going to be, I think that's fair. It's going to be like that. Um, and I do think at the end of the day, the sharks are going to win this series in six. Oh, so I'm the outlier. I'm the one who finally, yeah, yep. you're going to be, Mike's going to be that guy that walks up to the craps table and this guy's been hitting, hitting, hitting. And yeah. Mike finally goes, bets with the uh, with the roller and he and he hits a seven. It's snake seven. eyes. No, it's snake eyes. No, seven's worse, right? Because you're out on seven. Right. I mean, that's why I don't. So play. To, it's so hard to pick against tonight when they haven't even lost in the playoffs yet. <laughs> that's you why know? I don't play craps. That's the thing with the, with the Sharks, with, with the Knights. You know, they haven't even lost a playoff game yet. So I'm trying, we're sitting there and saying they're going to lose four, right? So that's really, it's tricky. But true. um, but these two teams really had like a you know they really they both played so well in the first round that it's hard you know they're both and I just think the Sharks have more more defense I, and I agree with you on that I think I think it comes down to defense <laughs> and 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 both I mean goalies no one can play better than Quick played honestly he played incredible too so I don't think you know you're gonna get better goaltending I just think you're gonna get more scoring there's not the Sharks have more depth of scoring. Than the Kings have, and um, I think that I think that'll make a difference. So I think I think the Sharks are going to make it through to uh, to the conference final. Um, so tomorrow we'll get into these other games, of course. Um, and uh, so tomorrow night, um, Vegas and I mean I'm sorry, Winnipeg and Nashville hits tomorrow night. Right, and Saturday afternoon it's Boston Tampa. Bruins got a serious break here, didn't they? I mean, you go seven yeah. games, you're not supposed to have that much time off. It's true. But but well, the Bruins had such a horrible schedule at the end of the year. I mean, I'm glad they did give them time off because they played something like 19 games in 33 days or whatever it was at the end of the only, year. I mean, they're only getting a day and a, a day and a half basically. It's one travel day and then it's yeah. you know it's one day and then they're playing at three o'clock in the afternoon. So it's not something, a ton. something that I think is going to hurt Boston that mm. sort of went under the radar. I think McQuay got kind of really dang dinged up in the last game and yeah. look tampa's had a lot of time to get healthy here that's why i can't pick boston over tampa yeah well but we'll, we'll save that one for tomorrow um but we'll definitely have we'll be back thank you guys so much for watching remember without the buzz it is just hockey um enjoy the games tonight i'm so glad we got back to um, i hate not having double headers like you know i got used to double headers Coming back to a good old-fashioned doubleheader tonight. Enjoy the games. Talk. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.